So welcome back to week three of our sermon series called Christmas in Real Life. Have you ever just taken the time to stop and think about what Christmas is all about? Right, like just stop and think about what is the, the meaning of Christmas and like why do we do the things that we do this time of year? Right, like why do we, we put up trees and decorate our homes with lights and ornaments? Why do we bake Christmas cookies and exchange them and do Christmas letters or Christmas cards? Why do we actually even pay people to drive through their displays of lights and decorations? Why do, why do we pack school auditoriums to, to listen to Christmas concerts? And why do we give and receive gifts? Right? Like, why do we spend so much time and a really big chunk of money at Christmas? Why do we maybe travel and get together with family or friends? Why do we even carve out time where we hang out with people, whether they share the, our same last name or not, and, and it's this time of year where maybe we don't hang out with them any other part of the year, but, but this time of year we do. Why do we do all of that? I'm guessing most of you are like, well, that's kind of a, those are a lot of dumb questions, Pastor. It's easy, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. This is why we do everything we just said, because it's Jesus' birth. Okay, fair enough. Because you're right about one thing. Majority of people in this country, and even many around the globe, are going to celebrate Christmas on December 25th, just like y'all. Trees and lights and gifts and, and cookies and, and goodies. But a majority of them will not celebrate Christmas where Jesus is the reason they're celebrating. Did you know that? A majority of people in this country and around the globe, Jesus will not be the focal point of their Christmas get-togethers, right? Because for many people, Christmas has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus. And if you don't believe me, I mean, just go and watch some of those Christmas classics. It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, The Grinch Stole Christmas, Elf, Die Hard, if you say that's a Christmas movie, okay. But none of those movies that a lot of people associate with Christmas have anything to do with the birth of, of Jesus. Listen to those familiar Christmas carols. Jingle Bells and Frosty, I'll Be Home for Christmas, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas, all of those, none of them really have anything to do with Jesus. And you don't even need to watch those Christmas classics or listen to those Christmas classical songs. Just go and ask your coworkers, your neighbors, people you see on a regular basis, and ask them, what is Christmas all about? And I guarantee you something, unless you're asking people here at church, you'll probably get one of three different answers. All right, a lot of people, if you said, what is Christmas all about? Some people might say, well, it's about this. It's about 
peace. But a time to, to let it go. A time to drop that grudge, to hug it out, to love one another, especially now, because this is the season of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So it's a time to, to bury the hatchet and move on. Right, maybe you've even heard this, right? If, if somebody starts fighting or something, maybe you've even said this, come on, guys, it's Christmas. Can you at least pause for one day? Another thing you might hear is this one. Christmas is about giving. Giving gifts to those loved ones. G giving to that local charity, right? We just did this last week. You guys just hit it out of the park. 40, 50 plus individual wrapped gifts and hundreds of dollars of gift cards went to a local school to help out five families this Christmas. And so a lot of people, right, that, that's all they associate with Christmas. It's about giving to charities. It's about giving the presents. And in fact, there is a multi-billion dollar retail industry that's banking on you and me and everybody to say Christmas is about giving. And then there's the last one, probably the one I have heard the most. Christmas is about family. Right, Christmas is about getting together and being with those you love. I don't know, maybe it was a week or two ago, guys, right? We watched a Christmas movie, and that was the whole premise. Mom had passed away. Dad, like right before Christmas, he loses his job, and everything falls apart. They're like, ah, oh, Christmas is ruined. But then the Christmas spirit kicked in. There was a Christmas miracle, and they overcame adversity, and the family got together. And that's almost exactly what they said, because Christmas is all about family. You know, most people this time of year are going to celebrate Christmas, but Jesus is not the focal point. In fact, I read some really sad statistics, but not shocking at all. Uh, Barna Research Group, they do a lot of like religious surveying and, and kind of get the pulse of the church in this country. And they said more people will associate April 15th to tax day than people will associate Christmas to the birth of Jesus. That's here in this country. Kind of sad, but not shocking. But here's the deal. We could talk all day about a war on Christmas, but that will do us no good. Because I want to know, what about us? What about you? What about me? If somebody showed up who had no idea what Christmas is about and they followed you for two, three weeks leading up to Christmas, watching your every move, listening to what you say, see what you're spending your money on, would they know that Christmas is about Jesus for you and me? I can't answer that question for you, but I can for me. And I'm sad to say, I think if they shadowed me for a couple weeks, they might not be so sure. Right? Would they know that Christmas is about the birth of a savior? Or do they think it's about lights and, and cookies and Christmas parties? Would they know that it's about freedom from sin and, and, and a savior who came to conquer death?
this year and every year. Because it's hard. And all the things I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with any of them. They're fun, they're enjoyable. But when they overtake the meaning of Christmas, then we got a problem. and lights and family get-togethers before there was even a word called Christmas. There was a teenage girl named Mary who was engaged to a guy named Joe. And Mary was not spending her days writing out Christmas cards and wrapping gifts. and says, Mary, you've been chosen by God to carry and then deliver the Savior of the world. Can you imagine that? I mean, what's Mary going to do with this information, right? Like, like who's she going to tell? Who's going to believe her? Now, this is one thing, right? You guys are like, well, we know how it ends, but Mary didn't. She was in the middle of it. How is she going to break this news to her mom and dad? Hey, Mom, Dad, like after dinner, we need to talk. Oh, okay. Well, what's going on? Um, I'm pregnant. What was that, honey? I, I said I'm pregnant. What do you mean you're pregnant? Don't worry, though. It's an angel. He, he told me it's from God. Right? And if that was going to be hard enough, now Mary has to go to Joe. Hey, Joe, when are you off of work today? I'll be done at 6. Why? What's up? Because we need to talk about some things. And Joe's probably thinking she wants to talk about wedding plans again. That's all she's been doing the last three weeks. That's probably what it's going to be. Okay, I'll I'll see you at 6.30. We'll talk. And and they get together, and and Mary has to look at Joe and say, Joe, I'm pregnant. You're pregnant? Yeah, but don't worry, Joe. Again, it's, it's an angel. It's not another guy. I, I didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's God. Really? In fact, we know this was Joe's response because in the Gospel of Matthew, you know what we're told? Joseph wants to divorce her, break up with her, call it all off because he's not so sure at first. Who is she going to tell? Who's going to understand this? So you know what Mary does? Mary gets out of town. Mary gets out of town and she goes to visit one of her relatives, quite a bit older, but a relative, if anybody understood what was happening to Mary, Elizabeth, her relative, would. Because you know what happened to Elizabeth months earlier? Elizabeth's husband got a visit from the same angel who said, you and your wife are going to have a child. I know know you're beyond childbearing years. You you haven't been able to have a kid, but God's going to do a miracle, and your child, his name's going to be John the Baptist, and he's going to go ahead and prepare people for Jesus the Savior. It's all right. If anybody's going to understand what's going on with Mary, Elizabeth is going to. And so Mary goes. She makes the trip. 
Probably still nervous, though, like, how am I going to break this to her? What if she doesn't believe me? But imagine her surprise when Mary barely gets through the door to say hello. Elizabeth already knows, and she already believes. But it's at that point that, that Mary, she busts into probably one of the most famous songs ever recorded in Scripture. Maybe you've heard it as the Magnificat. Maybe you know it as the Song of Mary. But this is what Mary says. My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms, and he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mm. Right, right after Mary hears this news, she celebrates. After God helps Mary to understand what is happening here, she rejoices and she can't hold back. She busts out in song because she knows what this means. It means that God has not forgotten about them. It means that, that all those promises from God's word that her daddy and granddaddy and great-granddaddy told the family and passed on, it was going to come true. God was going to make good on his promise to send a Savior. Right, Mary knew the meaning of that first Christmas, that it meant that God had not forgotten and that he was going to send somebody to right the wrongs, to reverse the curse of sin that held its grip on creation that God was going to keep his word to secure what we couldn't, to do what we couldn't, to set the sinner free. See, Mary, she understood something. She knew that that little baby that she would give birth to would deliver her, her family, her friends, and the world from the chains of sin and from the tyranny of death and the devil once and for all. And that was the source of her rejoicing. That is why she celebrates. She knew the meaning of that first Christmas and every other Christmas after, that it meant that God had come to save his people. I have a confession to make this morning. And I know this is probably dangerous territory, but... I'm going to do it. Every time the calendar turns to December, I get a little anxious. And maybe even some, some, some dread and some anxiety and a million other emotions start swimming through my head. And it's happened at least every year since I've become a pastor, but I, I think I can maybe say since a husband and a father too, all, all those three. And I think some of it's because, right, you start to think this time of year, well, I, I got to do everything. And there's so much to do and there's so much pressure, right? 
There's decorations. Every year it seems to be the same thing. Well, do we get a real tree? Do we get a fake tree? When are we going to put up the tree? Ours is not even up yet. Do we even put one up? Are we going to be around after Christmas? Are we going to go see somebody? What do we do with that? And then, of course, you know, you've got to take the family to go see some lights and some decorations. You've got to have some hot chocolate and some cookies because it's Christmas, right? You've got to put on Pentatonics, Christmas hits or Michael Buble or whoever you like to listen to because it's Christmas, right? And then, of course, if you have younger children or maybe you have grandchildren, you've got to jam pack into something like Jacksonville High School Auditorium with, with hundreds of other relatives and, and watch them play their instruments and sing their songs and then go to, to Christmas parties that they have at really awkward times sometimes uh, during the school day because it's Christmas, right? You've got to do these things. And then as a pastor, you've got these services and they kind of already start at the end of November with Advent, and then they go all the way at least through Christmas Eve and maybe even into the new year, and the theme's kind of the same. I mean, it's, it's Christmas, Jesus is coming, the birth in Bethlehem, so now you've got to find like 17 different ways to say that to engage people. And then on Christmas Eve, that's the most attended service on the Christian calendar nowadays where even people who don't maybe know Jesus, who are going to be new to your church, and they're kind of expecting to hear something. And then you got to get with your worship coordinator because we got to have the right music. And then we gotta t- we got to tell the tech team what they got to do. And then we got to get with the musicians because we want it to go off without a hitch. We don't want any problems because it's Christmas. And so I don't know about you, but, but oftentimes this time of year is more hectic than peaceful. There's more anxiety than, than, than there sometimes is joy. Right? Because at least in my mind, right, right, we got to do certain things so that it's, it's, it's a good Christmas for the kids and so that your family's happy and so that the congregation's happy and, and, and Christmas Eve is the way they like it so they don't get mad. That funny story this past week, I was talking to a group of pastors, a retired guy brought this up, which was funny, and he said one year they didn't do Silent Night at the end of Christmas Eve service. Yeah, right? Fire that guy! He said never again. He said he got more emails getting upset about that than any others, which, I don't know, maybe that tells us something more about all of us, like we have to have silent to have Christmas. But anyway, right? So I don't know about you. Here's the deal, though. I think you can relate. On some level, we all have our different lists, and we all have our different stressors this time of year, but, but oftentimes this time of year brings it out the worst. Well, if you can relate in any way, shape, or form, I want to share with you something that a friend and mentor shared with me a number of years ago. And this is basically what he said. He said, Doug, Christmas is not about you. It's not your job to make sure that that everybody has enough cookies and presents. It's not your job to make sure that, that Christmas is merry and bright for everyone around you. So it's not your job to make sure that that Christmas, whether in your home or at church, goes off without a hitch. That's really not your job. And if you think it is, then maybe, just maybe, you have made yourself the center of Christmas and not Jesus. Amen is right. See, friends, Christmas is not about you and it's not about me. It's not about the fun cookies and presents and all the trappings, as nice as they are. Christmas is something so much more. 
it's about the baby that the angel Gabriel told Mary she would deliver for the world. Christmas is about the one that the angels came to the shepherds and said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to our men. It had nothing to do with relationships between countries or families getting in, in peace with each other. It meant this one has come to make peace between you and a holy God by taking your sins away. Right? You cannot make Christmas any better than it already is because Jesus has come. And Jesus is the meaning of Christmas. What he came to do is the meaning of Christmas, right? At Christmas, because as good as the cookies and all that stuff are, right, guys? It's about Jesus who came wrapped, yes, in swaddling cloth, we say, but he came wrapped up in flesh and blood like you and me to do what we couldn't. To walk through life, to endure temptation, to remain sinless for us, and then, and then if that wasn't enough, because he had more to do he then went to a cross right what's that famous christmas hymn that what child is this what does one of the verses say what child is this that's laid to rest on mary's lap eventually it's the child that spears and nails would pierce him through for me and for you because friends you cannot you cannot talk about christmas and a baby in a manger unless you're going to talk about a piece of wood in the shape of a cross. Because that's what he came to do. Right? Jesus came, Scripture says, to destroy the works of the devil and to rescue you from sin and death. And that's why he was born, for that very reason. He came not as a little baby, but he came as a warrior to crush the devil for you. And he did. That is the meaning of Christmas. That is why, even if your Christmas this year is a train wreck, it's why even if you didn't get the right gifts or, or they broke the, the day you gave them, it's why even if you burned the cookies and didn't even put up decorations this year, even if you get to travel or you don't get to travel, maybe you're not going to see that family this year, you can still have a Merry Christmas. Because Christmas isn't about those things. Christmas and the meaning is found in Jesus. And he has come. And he has come and given you already the best Christmas ever because you're free and you're forgiven and you're a son and daughter because of what he's done. I pray that as the days get closer, maybe the anxiety goes high and we're, we're tempted to get more stressed out, that you stop and Jesus helps you to see who he is and why he came, that he came and was born for you. That's what Christmas is about. May God help you to see it. Amen.